Health Canada's drug shortage is reporting on their website. Three chemotherapy cancer drugs are in a short supply nationally. We're talking to Dr. Bruce Cowell now. He's president of the Canadian Association of Medical Oncologists, just to get an idea of how big this problem is and how serious it could get. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So what uh, particular drugs are we talking about and what are they used for? So, so there's a number of drugs. It's more than three that are currently short. Um, the, one that's, uh, the ones that have been in the news more, there's a drug called etoposide. And this is a drug that's used for a number of different cancers, including a, a number of curative cancers. Uh, testicular cancer is used for bone marrow transplants. It is used for uh, uh, small cell lung cancer and, uh, and used in, in a number of pediatric cancers. So that's just one of the drugs that's been short for a while. And we think we're coming out of that, but uh, in that we're, there were two suppliers and one stopped making and the other one is now able to, to make up some of the, uh, some of the backlog. Uh, we have a drug called Vinarelbine, which is used uh, for, for uh, lung cancer and for breast cancer. And that's uh, one of the manufacturers just discontinued using that. Um, there is a drug called Leucovorin, which we use for people getting methotrexate, for uh, bone marrow transplants, for uh, leukemias, lymphomas, childhood cancers, um, as well as uh, a number of uh, gastrointestinal cancers, including colon cancer, stomach cancer, uh, pancreatic cancer. Has, um, has the demand for these chemo drugs gone down? No, it hasn't. It's, they, 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 we are probably using as much or more chemo drugs today than we were using 10 years ago. Um, cancer is, a, uh, is uh, a disease of ages, and we are, uh, patients are getting older, and uh, therefore we're seeing an increasing incidence of cancer. So we're probably using more drugs than we used to. So now that would be a head scratcher for most people that are listening, you know, wondering why if the demand is up, why aren't manufacturers making it? And that's because the the incentive is down and this is because they're no longer patented. And so there's very little incentive for those manufacturers to keep going with them. Is that correct? Uh, That may be correct, but um, there are other reasons it could be short. For example, there's a drug called cabazitaxol, which is short due to supply interruption, and that drug is only made by one company, and it's uh, not generic yet, and uh, it's short. So there's an example where someone, it, it, it's not uh, uh, a supply and demand issue. How long have we had, um, as far as lead time goes, to the, the knowledge that we may be facing a potential shortage with these chemo drugs? So we often get very short notice. So we'll get notice of Sometimes uh, they're going to stop manufacturing, for example, that one drug in, in September. We'll say they'll use out their supply. Sometimes we hear about the leucovorin shortage, and it's going to be tomorrow. Um, what happens is uh, all the uh, uh, hospitals and a lot of the provinces, they, don't, they, don't, uh, they aren't waiting for the, the shipment today. They have some. Uh, we... we I shouldn't say hoard, but I guess we do hoard stockpile it, sure. drugs. Stockpile uh, drugs at various places. And so if we ran short today, we have some for tomorrow and some for next week, and sometimes we have it for as, month, as much as a month or two. What does this do for the patients? I mean, their stress level. I mean, how do you, if you find out, you know, the day before, oops, 
we're going to be out of this chemo drug and we have somebody scheduled to get chemotherapy. How do you handle it and how does the patient handle it? So it, it depends on what it is. So if we know about the shortage, with the, we, we, like I said, we have some in our back cupboard, so we'll use that. But then we have to sit down as a group and say, what are we going to do about the shortage? Is there, are there alternative therapies that are as, as good or, um, or have different toxicities or something like that? Are there alternatives? So we look for alternatives. We look then and say, if there aren't alternatives, what can we do? Can we, uh, can we use a decreased dose? Um, can we uh, figure out uh, a way to uh, get around this? And we've usually been able to find something, some way around it, or maybe no one can start a new therapy for a, a couple of weeks and we'll, the people that are already on therapy will provide it for them. So we look at those issues. What happens to the patients? Well, so far, knock on wood, we haven't had an issue where we've had to go to the patient and said, I'm sorry, the drug you're supposed to get today, we don't have it. If you had to do that, I would imagine their stress levels would increase and that would affect their health as well. Yep. So what's the fix to this? Well, the fix to it is try to find out what's happening. We, you know, we can, we can uh, guess at different things, and there are various reasons for it, but we really have to continue to work with the drug companies and, and uh, make sure that we, we are fixing whatever can be fixed so the drugs are still coming to us. I mean, the drug companies, they're there to, you know, they're, they're there to make a, make a profit. They have shareholders to report to. So how do you convince them to keep going with a drug that no longer, you know, has a patent and there's really little incentive to create it? Well, these are, these are, a lot of the companies are generic drug companies. So okay. they're still making it and still making some profit. Maybe they aren't making as much profit. I don't know. But this may be, for example, there is a drug called uh, the uh, Topside also came, comes in a, as, a, as a pill form. And the reason that was short for a while was because the cotton ball that you put on top of the, the pills so they don't rattle around and destroy each other and when they're shipped, that, was, uh, that company that made the cotton ball went short and they had to go and find another company to make the cotton ball. And then they had to make sure that the cotton ball didn't interfere with the drug. And so it could be a simple thing like that that can uh, delay us for a month or two in proving that those, those drugs don't interfere with the new, the new container or the new vial or the new cotton ball. The timing on this couldn't be better for you. Uh, we're moving into an election here. Uh, in October, how important is it to get people talking about this so that there could be some pressure put on the government and maybe some promises made moving into this um, this election campaign? It's always important to to you know let people know about the issues and 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 bring them out and and uh, hopefully uh, try to find innovative solutions for these. Doctor, I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Cheers. Yeah. That's Dr. Bruce Colwell. He is president of the Canadian Association of Medical Oncologists.